Would you like to exchange best practices and ideas to improve care, enhance operational efficiency, and address financial challenges with your peers? Becker's Healthcare is facilitating these conversations at their 8th Annual Health IT, Digital Health, and RCM meeting. You can check your eligibility for complimentary attendance at the link in the description. We are excited to welcome you in October. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Rob Bart, Chief Medical Information Officer at UPMC. Dr. Bart, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Laura. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about healthcare and digital technologies in healthcare um, are rapidly evolving and the field is moving quickly. But before we dive into my broader questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yes, I'm happy to. So uh, clinically, I'm a pediatric critical care physician, and I've been doing that for, I guess, over 30 years now. And it was about the time of my pediatric critical care fellowship that I got involved in healthcare technology. Um, I was training at Duke, and Duke was one of the early adopters of a digital flow sheet for care delivery and documentation in the ICU environment. And so I was involved in the implementation and deployment um, in my critical care fellowship. And that sort of got me very interested in healthcare technology. And as my sort of career progressed across the country, ending up at Children's Hospital Los Angeles, um, I was involved um, with an enterprise electronic health record deployment back in 2002, which partly seems not too long ago and partly seems a long time ago. Um, but that ultimately led me to a position as a chief medical physician at uh, Cerner Corporation. So I've worked on the vendor side for a few years. And then prior to joining UPMC, I was the chief medical information officer at the Los Angeles County Department of Health Services, where we sort of transformed and transitioned care there to a new um, electronic health record. And in the summer of 2017, I came to UPMC, um, never really thought I'd leave Los Angeles County. I, I really enjoyed and I think thrived on, on the mission there. But I think I've also tried to drive myself to always learn more. And the opportunity to come to UPMC where they had a large insur insurance services arm, as well as a group called UPMC Enterprises which does a lot of technology hibernating, investing. Um, it just made UPMC a very attractive environment to, to come to and to, to learn some of the things that I didn't know about healthcare technology. That makes a lot of sense. And what a fascinating career journey, being able to obviously start off as a physician, a critical care physician, and then... Um, get into the technology role, doing some integrations over to the vendor side with Cerner and then LA County. Um, from your perspective, when you really look at the breadth of what you've been able to experience, um, where do you see the technology really um, headed? What are some of the opportunities that are on the horizon right now, as well as the headwinds that you have your eye on? A lot of the technology that we've implemented within um, the healthcare delivery, and I'll focus on sort of the delivery part of it first, um, really was the digitization of healthcare processes that had been developed over generations of care being delivered 
using pen and paper, you know, maybe fax machines, using triplicate forms, et cetera, which some of my colleagues will probably remember. But we didn't, in many respects, the technology footprint didn't advance healthcare as much as I think, at least I expected it to. I think that we, we predominantly um, did change, did improve care by digitizing it, but we didn't sort of make this sort of Olympic leap to the next level, which I think that's what I sort of thought I was doing back in 2002. And I think that we're now at the point with being able to inject intelligence into the technology platforms that I think what I thought we were doing 20 years ago is something we potentially can be doing from you know today going forward. And so that's what I, I look forward to is you know the, is potentially the future of what we're going to do um, based on sort of the base or platform of what we've implemented within US, the U.S. healthcare delivery systems over the last 20 years or so. Absolutely. That's really fascinating. And I know um, what you've been able to do there at UPMC it really has a sophisticated platform being able to incorporate a lot of different technologies. And so, you know, it, it, it's awesome to see where how far things have come, especially from those days of, you know, uh, primarily using fax machines and the triplicate um, copies and trying mm -hmm. to do everything um, along those lines. So, you know, once you have that foundation um, in place, What's the next step? And in, in, if you have a quick minute to, or, or thought for hospitals and health systems that mm -hmm. you know maybe are still in the stage of trying to form that base of a great platform or uh, something that they can really rely on before um, launching into the future, you know, what's important to know about building that strong platform um, for any type of healthcare organization? Yeah, so so I think that, so UPMC sort of has. Two, um, there, there's one one aspect that's somewhat unique. Um, uh, the, for those of you who are familiar with UPMC, we are an organization that's predominantly concentrated in the state of Pennsylvania, with a small outpost in, in New York State and a small outpost in Maryland. When I say outpost, we have, we have hospitals in those states, but most of our core care delivery is in the state of Pennsylvania, and it's grown over the years through acquisition. Um, the acquisition and that process has been healthy for the organization to meet critical mass, but it also means that we've incurred a fair amount of, of technical debt. Um, and what I mean by that is our electronic health records, um, we have, I have more than one, I have multiple EHRs. And so I think w our challenge will be a little bit unique in that we need to sort of modernize our care delivery infrastructure at the same time that we sort of keep our eye on being able to make sure that our current platforms and future platform will be able to leverage intelligent intelligence within the platform. Um, we're very interested in artificial intelligence, which, you know, I'm sure most of my colleagues in, in healthcare IT are, are interested in and most interested in it in areas that will help improve the efficiency and effectiveness of care delivery. Um, I know that there's been a lot of focus on artificial intelligence 
in the clinical decision-making space. But I, I think that, that we have to build sort of comfort with artificial intelligence within care delivery. And comfort also means trust. And I think leveraging artificial intelligence and what it can provide us in being able to optimize the efficiency and effectiveness and throughput and care delivery, for example, is one way that we can develop comfort and trust with it. You know, imagine, you know, solutions that help you optimize the number of patients you can see in a clinic day or the number of patients that can go through one of our facilities, ORs, in a very safe, effective manner um, that allows us to create better scale with the limited human and physical resources we have. I think that's one of the challenges in healthcare, but that, that opportunity then allows healthcare as, a, as an industry to become much more comfortable and trusting of artificial intelligence. I think those are sort of the building blocks that we'll need as we're starting to develop that trust, then being able to turn it back into some of the uh, Care, clinical care decision-making processes that I think a lot of people are targeting artificial intelligence with aiding clinicians. Um, in, in that instance, I, I don't think, I'm not one that believes that clinicians will be completely out of the loop. I think um, maybe the A in, the A in artificial intelligence should actually be referred to as augmented intelligence, helping me as a physician make a better and faster decision as opposed to replacing my ability to make a decision. But as I said, the, I think the, the stepping stones to that are being comfortable in letting artificial intelligence really help us tune our operational efficiency and effectiveness. That makes a lot of sense, you know, and it's really fascinating to look at, especially how artificial intelligence has evolved in the past few months and um, really become part of the everyday workflows in many cases in, in lots of new opportunities there as well. Uh, from your perspective, how do you think about growth and adding value to the health system overall? Is it focused on some of the things you were mentioned in terms of the the um, clinical technologies and artificial intelligence, or, or where else do you see as being really great ways that you as the CMIO of, of UPMC can really make a difference? I, I think one of the, the big areas of in, in adding value to an organization, and, and in my instance specifically the UPMC, is to be able to sort of discern the tens if not hundreds of technology opportunities out there and really identifying the ones that have value both in improving or maintaining the high quality of care we deliver or improving or maintaining the experience we want to offer patients and consumers while at the same time being able to offer a true financial return on investment. Um, and you really have to turn over a lot of stones and technology to identify those opportunities. But I think those, that's where you really achieve, uh, you know, value for your organization. Um, you know, I'm a little wary, as much as I mentioned, talked about artificial intelligence a little while ago. I'm a little wary that it'd be probably pretty easy to spend, I don't know, $100 million on a bunch of artificial intelligence 
and not have a lot to show as far as return on investment, either from a quality of care or a return on investment financially. And so I think that although there are a lot of opportunities out there, we have to be really thoughtful about which technologies truly bring value to the process of care delivery for UPMC, as well as value to the patients and consumers who seek to get their care here. And, um, you know, th and that's something uh, I'll, I'll comment. I think when I, when I worked at Cerner, which, you know, was a, is a publicly traded company at the time, um, I think one of the things I learned there was that you have to be able to deliver value. And so as I look at that, and whether it was at LA County prior to coming to UPMC or here at UPMC, even though we're a private not-for-profit entity, the, the thing that always um, is driving me is, does that derive the best value for the organization in accomplishing the goals that we want for our patients or the goals that we want for our clinicians and being efficient and effective in care delivery, um, as well as always looking at an opportunity where that can potentially return a financial investment. I, I think if you if you don't put those as some of the requirements when you're trying to solve a problem that you're presented with, you'll come up with a solution, but it might not be the highest value solution for your organization. I think that makes a lot of sense, and I'm sure will resonate with a lot of hospital health system leaders as they're talking through, you know, what AI strategy really makes sense for them, how they should be thinking about it, and in, in being very thoughtful in terms of um, how they're using their healthcare dollars. I know right now it is really an important time in healthcare. A lot of organizations are facing tighter budgets than they have in the past and slimmer resources, both manpower and otherwise. So uh, given that, do you see any areas that it's uh, really important to continue to make investments or, you know, maybe a risk worth taking in the next year uh, to just to make sure that um, the hospital or health system really is in a place that it can grow going forward? I, I think, um, you know, a couple areas. I've sort of hammered on the point of, of efficiency within your organization and looking at technology that relieves the individuals who are um, involved in moving patients through the care continuum and really aids and supports that. I think that is worth definitely investing in because I think there's there's this balance of improving the process, but at the same time trying to decrease some of the burden of effort in all of the individuals who are involved in stringing together care delivery. You know, whether that's the clinician at the front line or the technologist supporting the clinician or even the back office, finding those investments that in this instance, it might not have the most direct financial reward to the organization or return to the organization but if it really decreases burden of effort, which I think every healthcare system is struggling with this challenge, you know, as we're sort of in this prolonged emergence from the COVID-19 pandemic, that's an investment worth making because I think it's important to also realize it's important to invest in the processes that people are involved in because at the end of the day, healthcare no matter how much technology it has, is ultimately going to depend on having people who are happy and proficient in the care delivery process. And 
easing that burden is going to help them be a little, hopefully, a little happier and hopefully a little more proficient in the process of care delivery. That's a really great point and definitely is something to keep your mind on and um, your eye out for for the healthcare delivery team. I know it's been a, definitely a rough few years and certainly um, being able to make things easier for them and more efficient and, and more seamless in the care coordination, I can imagine, um, is really, really impactful on the organization overall. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think, you know, there's so much focus on machines and artificial intelligence, and we there will all be always be humans in in the care delivery process, and and uh, I, I think you cannot replace sort of the healing factors related to to, to human interaction, human touch that occurs in in healthcare, and um, you know that's we need to be able to sort of relieve the burden so that peace can actually resonate and come through to all the patients who receive care, whether it's at UPMC or at other organizations. Absolutely. I, I love that idea and, and thought. Um, Dr. Bart, before we wrap up our conversation here, I wanted to ask, where do you see the best opportunities for growth and development in the future? What does that look like for yourself as well as the teams that you work most closely with? That, that's actually probably the hardest question you've asked. I think you know, from an organizational perspective, I think UPMC, we see a lot of the future of care delivery being in um, in the ambulatory, both traditional ambulatory and, and the post-acute space. And, and the footprint of acute care or hospital-based care, I think, is going to shrink, or we at least we believe it's going to shrink over the next few years. So I think that's where, where the growth opportunities are going to be. Um, and I think to, to support that, you know, we've certainly seen a movement away from uh, patients and consumers interacting with healthcare systems in sort of traditional manners, as in, you know, prior to the pandemic. And I think along with that move into new models of ambulatory care or new models of post-acute care and even acute care that may not occur within hospitals, I think that, that it's going to re require um, a new form of sort of digital interaction with patients and consumers. And I think we've certainly seen sort of a, a huge interest from patients in wanting to interact with healthcare systems through their smartphone and through other devices. Um, and so I think as those administrative duties start to become more digitized and much more uh, seamless with, with patients, I think that you'll see new care models come out of that that, that really allow the new footprint of technology with some of the new intelligence that's being pushed into healthcare technology to allow opportunities for growth. Um, I think, you know, we're aggressively explore, exploring sort of new models of outpatient care, um, things that uh, we wouldn't have considered prior to the pandemic. But I think the, the pandemic forced us to see opportunities or, or um, experiences that we previously wouldn't have thought of. And we've realized we can do this very safely in this 
new venue of care that's not a hospital. And I think that's where a lot of the growth is going to occur. You know, it's maybe maybe the future will include more, you know, home visits, which is from from doctors, whether they're virtual or physical. Um, you know, not too different from a hundred or 150 years ago when physicians predominantly made house calls. Um, maybe that is sort of a, a sort of back to the future sort of vision, but there's going to be some some construct around that. The, what we have done and traditionally moved into acute care in the shape of hospitals. A lot, I think, a lot of that's going to get deconstructed into new models of care in venues that are much more comfortable for the patient to receive their care in. That really makes a lot of sense, you know, and is a great uh, vision of the picture that you're painting um, in terms of, you know, where healthcare is headed and how really uh, physicians and clinicians can be most impactful in patient care. Dr. Bart, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun conversation, and I'm excited to see you as well at our event in October for Health IT, Digital Health and Revenue Cycle uh, 5 event in Chicago. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to continuing the discussion then. Oh, I, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, spend a few moments with me, Laura, and I look forward to, to meeting you um, in October during that event. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.